What's up, Minutemen fans? I'm Sean Oldred here with the first edition of UMass Basketball Tip-Off Week, joined today by Kyle Miller, John Ruggiero, and Pedro Gray Suarez. Excited for everything, you know, going on with UMass Basketball this year. Let's just jump into it. This is going to be the roster breakdown episode. We got a lot of new names to get through, some familiar faces, uh, transfers, new guys, a lot of stuff to get through um, in this episode. So excited to just kind of hop right into it. All right, guys. So we'll start with some of the walk-ons. Ryan Marcus, a returner. Jackson Cronin, transfer from Nebraska. These guys obviously won't see a whole lot of playing time on the court this year. But Ryan Marcus, a returner, was on the team last year from Wakefield, Mass. A local guy, which I think is good. Seems to kind of be a life of the locker room type. Really liked by all his teammates. Um him and Jackson Cronin, what are you expecting from those guys as walk-ons, if anything, this year? Um, do you see any upside to their games? I think for me, yeah. the biggest thing that you're going to see is you're just going to see a lot of depth going in. I mean, These guys aren't going to be the ones that are going to be playing 20 minutes a game, but you never know. You know, next man up type of mentality. Marcus only appeared in four games last season from Wakefield High School. Cronin's story is a little more interesting. He in 12 games with Oscars last season after walking on. His dad actually played football at Tufts, so there is a mass connection there, but I wouldn't look at anything past just depth. I agree with that. Um I don't expect them to see much many minutes outside uh, garbage time and leads or down by a lot. But Cronin is a little more interesting because he, um, like you said, Marcus is more of a locker room presence. I see him a lot around campus. He's very involved. But Cronin is a, a more interesting piece because of his physicality. I mean, I saw him for the first time in person in Mullins Madness, and the guy's big. He's strong. So if anything, he can offer some some presence Uh Say deep in deep in, in in so a more physical guard play that maybe they don't have with some other options. Yeah, and any um, any experience this year is good. Um, going into next year, maybe they'll get a lot more time. Um, you mentioned Mark's uh, physicality. He's 185 pounds. Um, that could be of use um, at the guard position, perhaps next year. Get a little experience this year see what he has to offer we'll go from there yeah uh, i think it's a great point you know that you all bring up just depth you know kind of their locker room presence um you know those guys are important a lot of the stuff that we see on the court as fans and as reporters um you know we see everything on the court but i think they do offer more than just you know what we see on the court so moving along here we're going to move right into the freshman class so UMass bringing in a group of freshmen that I'm excited about. I think it's a really strong group. Um, and I just want to start with RJ Luis. So RJ Luis, freshman guard, he's 6'7", which, you know, for a guard, he's got great height. He's 196 pounds, so pretty big for a guard as well. Um, he's from Mount Zion Prep, which is a prep school uh, in Pennsylvania, I believe. Uh, he's really good. So he was the seventh-ranked recruit in all of Florida by 24-7 sports. Three-star recruit, basically across the board, rivals 24-7. He's somebody that I'm really, really excited to watch this year. I'm not sure how much playing time he's going to get right now, but I do think he offers a lot to this Minutemen team, and I think he's somebody to look forward to in future years. But somebody with a really high upside and with a frame like that, I think it's something that you definitely have to watch out for and that I'm really excited to watch grow, hopefully, over the course of this year. 
I agree. Like you said, really tall guard potentially adds a lot of versatility to the team. Uh, John Rothstein uh, on Twitter said earlier in the season when he went to watch a, a UMass practice to buy stock now on RJ Luis. Um, if there's anyone who I believe it's lately has been John Rothstein. He dedicates his life to the craft. And, uh, uh, you know, I, we haven't seen him play at all yet, but he's one I'm excited about. Always looks so happy, smiling all the time. I don't know. Yeah, I'm just excited that. to see him play. Yeah, I mean, when you look at what Rothstein, that's pretty high praise coming out of RJ Luis. Something that I kind of saw when kind of doing some research on him is that he was offered under McCall. So this is a McCall kind of recruit. Martin decided to keep him the offer, get Louise. And I mean, he has that lot of versatility. He plays 6'6". Six, six. Either guard can go to the three, can even operate out of the high post a little bit at the four, but that's in kind of like emergency scenarios. I wouldn't really expect that going in. But it kind of adds to this versatility because this team is just going to be long and physical. They're going to make sure they kind of clog the passing lanes. And I'm excited to see if Louise can get on the court so far this season. Yeah, definitely. Um, you just look at his high school career stats. He was averaging 25 points per game and 11 rebounds per game. It's crazy numbers right there. Um, hopefully he can get in the lineup um, for Martin's guys. Um, and we'll look forward to see what he has. Yeah, great points by all you guys. I'm really excited to see Luis in action. And Kyle, I think it's important that you brought up the um, McCall connection there. McCall offers him, but he's a Miami guy. I really think Martin being from Miami, having those deep Miami ties. I think if you're from Miami and Frank Martin comes knocking on your door, it's tough to say no. Um, you know, he recruits that area pretty well and pretty heavily. He knows it really well, kind of like he has New England throughout his career as well. Um, so just an interesting connection to point out. But as we move into our next guy, Keon Thompson's the next guy I want to talk about. So Keon Thompson's also a guard, six foot, much smaller, 210, um, but a prolific scorer in high school. He scored over 2,000 points in his high school career at Hargrave Military Academy uh, down in Virginia. He's the all-time leading scorer um, in his high school's history, set a single-season school record uh, with 706 points in a single year. He had offers. UMass is definitely the best offer he had, but somebody that Martin jumped on right away. Martin offered him on April 18th, and Thompson committed on April 18th. So I think that's telling on how much he wanted to come here. He did have offers from St. Bonaventure as well, um, Indiana State, some other schools. But I would say UMass and St. Bonaventure are kind of the cream of the crop from the offers he had. What are you guys looking for out of Thompson this year? Do you think he sees the court a lot? I'm kind of curious. He feels like maybe a little bit more of a project than maybe somebody like RJ Luis. Yeah, I, I mean, agree. I think he's a project. I think uh, his size... Oh, sorry. <laughs> you no, got it, man. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, cool. Um, I think he's a project, too. I think his size, um, maybe height doesn't offer too much, but as we see with Noah, that's not been a, <laughs> relatively a problem. He's much more bulkier than, than Noah is, and or any of the guards, for that matter. Um, obviously, like you said, prolific scorer, scored 52 points in a game. Um, he, I think he can really be something down the line. He, We saw him dunk a lot in Mullen's Madness. Uh, he's got the vert. He's got the length. His arms are really long, strong. So he's intriguing. Yeah. I mean, this guy's, I mean, if he, when he gets on the court, he's looking to score. He's a score first point guard. When you see it, I mean, when he said average 31 points a game, only average two assists, that's, a, I mean, he's looking for a shot first. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. When you have a guy, he has that ability to kind of score. Second team prep school, All-American. 
he can play. It's just I think there's going to be too many guards beyond Fernandes, Rashul Diggins, who we'll probably talk about in a little bit. But there's a lot of depth there, and I'd be surprised to see if he gets kind of consistent minutes. I can see him coming in maybe here and there for maybe a spark off the bench, just a couple quick points. But other than that, I don't really see a lane where he can play kind of consistent big minutes for this team. I agree, Kyle. Um, you know, hopefully he can get in in a couple games and really build up his confidence and his game, that is, and hopefully get in next year, just like some of the other guys trying to make a name for themselves here at UMass. All right. So let's move into the last member of this freshman class and definitely, you know, the big name out of this class. Tafari Gapare is the Minutemen's highest rated recruit in this class. He's been the Minutemen's highest rated recruit in a very long time. Um, he's electric. And I think everybody's really, really excited to see him on the court in Mullins um, eventually. So I know there's been some visa issues that he's had. I do believe he's getting to campus relatively soon. By the time you're listening to this, hopefully he's already on campus. Um, but he's a freshman from Wellington, New Zealand. He went to school. He went to prep school in Connecticut at South Kent School. He's a 6'9 forward, four-star recruit, had offers from UConn, Syracuse, Maryland, Virginia Tech, Illinois, GW, Iona. He had committed originally to DePaul um, and then decommitted from DePaul to commit to UMass after Frank Martin got here. He is somebody to look out for. He does it all. He's huge. He's athletic. He's got the vertical to go with everything. What are you guys excited for with Capare? How much do you think he's going to play on this team? Obviously, he's only a freshman, um, but the talent-wise is through the roof um, and maybe the highest upside of anybody on this team. So what are you guys excited for? What do you expect out of him this year? I think you can't deny the talent. Yeah, yeah. Highest I upside by far. You go. All right, so I think the highest upside for far for me, he's the X factor of this team because – I don't think he's going to come in right away and make this big impact. It's going to take him a little bit. He's got to get with the flow. He is coming in a little late. But if he gets it going maybe a month, month and a half into the season, this team's going to be scary to play because he has the potential to create this kind of front court. You put in Wildens, Levesque in there, Taquan Woodley. It's going to give up a little bit of shooting in those lineups. But what you have is this anchor in the middle that was missed so much last season. It's going to make Fernandes life easier, TJ Weeks life easier, Matt Cross. I mean – Everyone's life will be easier if Kapari can get in the game, is able to make that kind of statement and be that kind of high energy workhorse player for the minimum. I agree. I think uh, regardless, despite him being a freshman, I think talent is just going to find a way to the court. He's going to end up getting minutes regardless. And the just the athleticism, the, the rim protection is outstanding. Uh, he's got the timing and the vertical explosiveness to block any shot. He'll offer any, everything in the pick and roll that you can imagine, too. He's going to roll to the rim. He's going to be a menace in that situation. Top 10 power forward, top 50 national recruit for uh, the class of 23, which he's no longer belong, he no longer belongs to that class. But in, for two, 247 sports, he was really, really high-touted recruit. Yeah, whenever you see a top 10 power forward on your team, that's something to be excited about, obviously. I think he'll see the court this year. Um He'll have to keep building off his game and, you know, really fit in with this UMass group as he's getting in here late. Um, I definitely think he'll see some minutes, though, and make an impact. Yeah, Gapari, I'm really, really interested to see how he fits in here. Obviously, him getting to campus late hurts him, I think, immensely. I mean, we're 
recording this now, we're only, you know, a week and a half out from uh, the first game. And he still hasn't stepped on the floor with, you know, the rest of the team. So it's definitely going to slow him down. I don't know how much we see him early. Granted, they do play some lesser opponents early. Like Central Connecticut State is somebody who the Minutemen should blow out. Um, But then maybe we see him less in a game against Townsend, who's going to be really, really competitive. Um, So all that being said, I mean, he's the most talented player to come, you know, through Amherst in a while. Um, You know, maybe somebody like Trey Mitchell is probably the name that, you know, everybody thinks of when they think of talent, um, you know, recently in Amherst. I think Kapari has everything that Trey Mitchell has, if not more. I think he's more athletic. Um, I'm really excited to see what he is going to be this year for this Minutemen team. But, you know, that just moves us on to our next class. We're going to move into the sophomore class now. Um, sophomore class, a little bit bigger than the freshman class. We'll start with a returner, John Kelly, 6'7 forward, 212 pounds, brother of, you know, former UMass shooting guard in John Kelly, uh, in Rich Kelly, excuse me. Um, Rich Kelly, obviously a great player for the Minutemen last year. John, his younger brother from Shelton, Connecticut, went to Cheshire Academy. He did not see the floor a whole lot last year. Um, he came off the bench in a few home games against VCU and Fordham, but that was about it. Um, he to transfer from Fairfield, didn't see the court much there either. So I don't really know what John Kelly has to offer this Minutemen team, um, so far this year. He's a pretty physical presence, I think, you know, at 6'7", 212. Hopefully he can use his body a little bit, grab some rebounds this year for the Minutemen. I don't know what his role is on the team at the moment. I don't know if it's a huge role. It's a small role. I'm leaning towards that he's not going to get a whole lot of minutes this year. But, you know, another maybe project player where you're looking for him to really help out the team further down the line, you know, in uh, next year, you know, beyond. Yeah, I um, he's only a sophomore, obviously, so he's still got some time here if he stays at UMass. And, you know, maybe he'll see the court a couple times this season. But um, And if he does, he really needs to build off of that experience and keep, keep it going. Yeah, so Kelly's a little bit of a different presence than most other big men they have. Obviously, we haven't seen much of the other new ones, but Kelly's more of a touch uh, he's got a little bit of a touch around the rim. You know, he's got a little mid-range jump shot. Probably learned from his brother, Rich, a little bit of the art of shooting. Lights-out um, shooter, Rich Kelly. Lights-out shooter, UMass legend, Rich Kelly from last <laughs> season. Um, yeah, uh, if he has anything to offer, it would probably be in those same uh, a little uh, scarce minute scenarios. But, yeah, he's, he's a good presence to have for a, a little bit of a change-up, I think. Yeah. If he could shoot anything like Rich Kelly, he he can get some time on the court. He'll be able to get on there. But, I mean, the issue with Rich Kelly that you saw is he could shoot, but couldn't really do a lot else. So when you see that, it's going to be how he's going to – that's how he's going to be able to get on the court. He's going to need to be able to defend, pass the ball a little bit better, just make sure to find – do the little things to get yourself on the court because he's a guy who I can see he's kind of on the precipice, you know. He can get a couple minutes in a rotation, but I also wouldn't be surprised if he's if he doesn't get in. So – it's kind of he's the guy who's going to need to do those little intangible things to find a way to get in this rotation. Yeah, I totally agree with what you guys said about him. Um, you know, only time will tell what is in store for John Kelly. But moving on, another sophomore transfer, Gianni Thompson, transfer from BC. He's a Massachusetts guy. He's from Newton. He went to Brimmer in May. This was a must, you know, 
can't miss guy coming out of high school um, a few years last year or two years ago, I guess. Um, top rated recruit in Massachusetts by 24 seven uh, ranked 33rd as forward nationally. It was number two recruit uh, according to ESPN, a four-star recruit. This was a guy that BC looked at with him being from Newton going to Brimmer in May. For those of you that know, obviously, you know, Newton and Chestnut Hill are right next to each other, if not part of the same town. Um, You know, he was the guy that BC needed to get. Brimmer and May is basically on BC's campus as well. So BC viewed him as somebody they could not miss. Now, his freshman year at BC was, you know, not great. He only appeared in 19 games. He had, you know, he didn't score a whole lot. He didn't offer a whole lot, didn't get a whole lot of minutes. But this is somebody with extremely high upside as well. Somebody that a few years ago was recruited by you know, those big dogs and, you know, BC, despite not being, you know, at that same level as the other teams in the ACC is still an ACC school. You got a year of ACC competition underneath his belt. So I, I don't really know what Gianni Thompson is going to do this year. He offers a really, really interesting thing. And I think this is somebody that definitely has work to do on their game. Um, And I think he'll learn under Frank Martin as well, but I do think he has something to offer this Minutemen team. I don't know what his role is, but I think, you know, at six, eight, and I think he can shoot the ball a little bit. I think he offers something to this Minutemen team. I just don't know what his role yet is. I think it's probably somewhere in that, you know, 10 to 12 minute range, but we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, um, I agree. I think I think his profile is also, like I was saying about uh, Kelly, is a little bit different than most of the other forwards that they have. He's a little leaner, uh, looks fairly quick, looks athletic. I haven't seen him much. I haven't seen him play too much, but we know he's talented, we, but we'll we'll still have to see how he fits into the Frank Martin mold, especially in the offense that's based on screens and cutting and uh, all that movement. I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe he finds himself a role in the cutting department, uh, off the dribble, driving to the basket stuff. But we'll have to see. I think he's very talented, and he, he has all the tools to 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 be able to succeed there. Yeah, he's had a year under his belt, like you said, ACC competition. He's been able to play some of the best teams in the country out there. I mean, I mean, when you look at the teams in that conference, so that always adds something that iron sharpens iron. And I think credit to Martin to get a guy like Thompson to come from Boston College where he didn't get a lot of reps. He only averaged seven minutes a game and say, hey, you want a chance to get some more playing time to get a sustained role this is a team to do it. I mean, the A-10 is not the ACC, but it's still a very competitive conference. So if you have that ability to kind of compete and stay up, I mean, that's where I think Thompson was enticed to come here. It'll be interesting to see if you can get on the court. Great points there, Kyle. I mean, you look at number two recruit in Massachusetts, that doesn't, that doesn't lie. That's a, a big thing for him there. And he should take advantage of it coming off of the bench this year. Um, he's got some high standards to live up to, I think, but he should see a little bit of time and maybe get some points on the board. Yeah, I, I agree. Gianni Thompson, I'm I'm curious to see the role that he plays in this lineup this year. I'm excited for it. I really think that his upside is there. Um, you know, BC fans were really disappointed with the way he kind of panned out last year. Granted, I don't think he really got a fair chance. You look at how many minutes he played last year. It didn't seem like Earl Grant was super comfortable using him, um, you know, most of the time. So I think he could blossom here. This could be the place he kind of breaks out. But again, with a lot of these guys, all these transfers, you know, these are guys coming from other places that are looking for a home, looking to kind of break out onto the scene. So again, you know, he's just one of those guys we're going to have to wait and see um, on the season. 
Moving into another transfer guy, a guy who's maybe a little more familiar with Frank Martin is Saquon Woodley. Saquon Woodley, you know, is a huge, huge presence for this Minutemen team. He's going to play probably the power forward center spot. He's 6'8", big physical guy, um, played in 25 games for uh, Frank Martin last year down in South Carolina. This is somebody that this is one of Frank's guys. I think he'll be really comfortable using Woodley uh, in this rotation. Granted, Taquan Woodley currently is not with the team. He's dealing with some family issues is what Frank Martin said. Um, So I don't know if that hurts him early in the season as well. Maybe we see less of him early in the season, but this is something that Martin's comfortable with. He averaged two points and three boards for South Carolina last year. The one thing I really wanted to talk about with Taquan Woodley though, is just how good his field goal percentage was last year. This is a guy that shot 56% from the field at South Carolina. You know, I know he didn't play, you know, big minutes. He was only getting about 12 minutes a game, but 56% from the field is still 56% from the field. So I think somebody who offers that inside presence, something we really didn't see UMass have a whole lot of last year, he's going to play big physical defensive basketball and grab rebounds. And I think that's all Frank Martin wants from him. Um, So I'm excited to see how he pans out as well, but big physical presence inside is something that Minutemen fans were craving last year. And I think they get it this year into Colin Woodley. So uh, Woodley's a more of a traditional low post guy, as I understand his, really really big he's uh, he's going to be massive in the screen game whenever he's on the on the court uh he's going to be down in the post over over 300 sec minutes as a freshman is a big deal and like you said being comfortable with 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 coach martin is also going to be a one of the best pathways to playing time that anyone in the roster might have so i do think it's going to contribute right away uh, regardless of him not being able to be with the team at the moment yeah, I mean, he can get with the – I mean, he'll be able to join the team. Hopefully everything works out his family matters. I mean, that always comes first. But looking at his game on the court, he has the ability to have that impact right away. He can either play power forward. I think I like him at center, even though he's a little undersized at six seven. He has really good leaping ability, so he can contest shots. He can jump up, kind of clog the pack, kind of clog that lane, and be that anchor that I, I always – I keep repeating myself because it's just so big. It's something that UMass didn't really have last year. And I like coming from South Carolina. It's it's a guy that Frank Martin has seen for a year. He's trusted him. So he's been seeing him working behind the scenes. So this is a guy where you can he could kind of come in as a surprise because we don't really know a lot about him. Frank Martin has seen this guy every day from last season coming into this season. It's going to be good to see him. I think he's going to get a lot of playing time. I can see him kind of coming off the bench as that kind of backup big, just power forward center position. Certainly. I mean, over 300 minutes as a freshman is huge, especially under our own coach. I mean, I, I think he'll get some great chances to play this season and develop his game, really, and maybe become a, a big guy here for the Minutemen next season, perhaps. Yeah, good points all the way around about Woodley. Should be very fun to watch him play this year. Moving into the guy I think we're all really excited for out of the sophomore class, Another transfer in Rasul Diggins. Diggins is somebody who's very, very highly touted. Coming out of high school, he had offers from Kansas. He had offers from Villanova. He had offers from Seton Hall and Xavier and Virginia Tech and Rutgers. You know, a huge list of schools. Basically, could go wherever he wanted. Blue Bloods. He ends up going to UConn. Was at UConn last year. Didn't play a whole lot. But, you know, UConn did have arguably the best point guard in the country last year in RJ Cole, who just did everything right. Um, 
So, of course, Diggins didn't see big minutes. You know, Cole was a senior, but this is somebody who is, I think, primed to break out at UMass. He is very, very, very talented. Um, you know, quick, wiry guard, super athletic, you know, scrappy. I think there's a bunch of things that you could describe him with. He's somebody that's going to really, I think, be able to score on offense at a very high clip. He has a good mid-range shot. He can shoot from three. He can get into the paint. But I think more importantly, what separates him from just any other scoring guard is the fact that he plays really, really good defense. And it's, you know, kind of in that same mold as somebody like RJ Cole, somebody that's, you know, UConn really wanted to go after. And I think that's what they envisioned Diggins being. Obviously, Diggins wanted to get out of there, um, you know, after not playing much which is understandable, comes to Frank Martin. And I'm really excited to see Rasul Diggins this year. I think he's somebody who could be in the starting five, um, you know, very early in the season, just because he's that talented. I really think he's probably a starter for this Minutemen team this year. Um, What do you guys think? Are you excited to see Diggins uh, at the Mullen Center and in Maroon and White this year? Certainly, certainly am. Uh, I think you're right on the on, on point there because I think he's going to end up starting for, if not most of the season, all of it. I mean, the guy's a tough guard. He's got everything to his game. He can, sh- he can shoot from uh, long range and mid range. He has, has a quick first step to beat defenders right off after he gets the ball. Uh, get can go off the dribble, enter the paint. Uh, the guy can play good defense, like you said. Can distribute and score and. Honestly, if you have those two things at that high of a level, he's another four-star recruit in this UMass in this UMass roster, which they haven't had too many of those, and now suddenly four. Um, he's. I'm very excited for him. He doesn't have the size necessarily, but he has everything else. So I think he's got it going, and he's going to have it that that position in the roster for him, pretty secure. UConn's loss is the Minutemen's game. I really like Rashul Diggins coming from UConn. He is he is just going to be this high-impact guy. I do agree he's going to be a starter because I think him and Fernandes have such a complement of styles, the way they both play. I can see Diggins kind of coming in, being that driving kick kind of guy because it opens up Fernandes as a shooter because a lot of times when he got those three-point looks, it was off the dribble. So now he can find a lot of off-screens, kind of off-ball play. The only issue is kind of the height issue with those two guys together. But either way, I think the the ability on offense can kind of make up for that. Diggins is a really good defender too. Don't let his height fool you. I really like Diggins. I don't really see him as that six-man role, so I really like him as that kind of those undersized kind of one-two punch as a combo guard with him and Fernandes. Yeah, she'll definitely see minutes this season. Um, it's great that he has the experience at UConn under such a talented guard, um, and he'll even get that get more of that with Fernandes this year. Um, he will, he can really blossom under this Minutemen team under Frank Martin's vision and. I think he'll be great. Yeah, Diggins Diggins is a huge X factor for this UMass team this year. I think his performance could be the difference between this Minutemen team making a run in the A-10 tournament to them, you know, maybe being bounced early in Brooklyn. So his performance is going to be critical to this UMass team this year. And so many of these transfers are going to have to step up and take big roles in this team, um, you know, just because they need it. They need the scoring. They need it, you know, kind of all over the ball. Um, So excited to see what Diggins can do, but that moves us into our next guy, 
Matt Cross, somebody that I think every Minuteman fan is also looking forward to. Another guy that I think has potential to start for this UMass team. He's a Louisville transfer. Um, well, he was at Miami first, his freshman year. He was at Louisville last year. They fired Chris Mack. He decided to leave. And he falls right in Frank Martin's lap. Frank talked a little bit about Matt Cross, um, somebody that he had recruited initially um, when he went to Miami. And then he said he didn't really have space for him when he wanted to transfer after one year at Miami uh, at South Carolina. So he doesn't recruit him then. And then finally, you know, they're both kind of a match made perfectly. Um, You know, Martin with a new job, Cross looking for a new home. He's a Massachusetts guy. He's from Beverly, Mass. He's 6'7", 225. This is an explosive wing that this Minutemen team needs. This is somebody a few years ago at Miami that I think Miami and Jim Laranega was really excited for thinking that he could blossom into a star there. He had a really strong freshman year at Miami. Um, He left the program, goes to Louisville, Louisville, obviously a great program, another ACC school, more ACC experience. And he played at Louisville a decent amount. So he has experience um, playing college basketball. He's somebody that is going to offer this UMass team. I think just, you know, you got so many young guys in this team. I think he does offer that leadership presence because he is older. He's been playing college basketball and high level college basketball at that for a while now. He averaged about six points per game, 5.9 uh, Louisville last year, about half an assist and three boards a game. So this is somebody for UMass this year. I think he puts up big numbers in the A-10. I think this is another guy, just like Rasul Diggins, his performance is going to decide on how UMass does this year. If he's really good, I think this team will be really good. But I think he's going to complement everybody else really well. Him with TJ Weeks in the wings, that's a really tough, tough uh, wing combo. And any team in the A-10 is going to have a tough time guarding those two guys, especially with the three-point shooting that both of them can offer. So what do you guys think across? You know, another Massachusetts guy is something we keep talking about. How important is that for this Minutemen team? I think his potential is huge. I think Cross uh, offers a lot of versatility. He can play as a four. He can play as a two. Uh, he can. His shooting is very streaky, or at least it was when he was at Louisville. His freshman year, he shot over 40% from three uh, with Miami. But with Louisville, it sort of dropped down a little bit. Uh, if he's on, he is really dangerous because he he's got the size. He can drive. He's got the touch around the rim. He's athletic. And then he's got the three-point shot. But... Also, as um, as uh, uh, with two years of ACC experience, experience uh, another four-star prospect, like we said, uh, he seems to be pretty clutch as well. He scored his career-high 16 points against in his freshman year, both and both times against ranked opponents, Virginia Tech and Louisville. So, uh, I'm excited to see what he can do. Yeah, when you look at these two years that Mass that Matt Cross had, it's kind of a tale of two different teams because like you said coming out of Miami he looked very impressive and I think that Louisville he took a little bit of a step back and I think you can see it with the shooting 40% of Miami that goes down to 28% at Louisville so if he can find what he was be able to do in Miami and just the shot alone if you can get defenses to just respect that shot and allow those driving lanes open like you said he's explosive he can go in he can finish and he's not a bad passer too he can kick out I think the motion is something that is so important in these Frank Martin offenses and the more people that can shoot and now they can pump fake drive kick open up these lanes that's just going to be integral for this offense to go definitely and I you know it's great his experience is good thing here um two years 
at the collegiate level. Um, you mentioned his size as well. Bigger guy, 6'7", 230. Um, hopefully he can rebound after last season at Louisville and really make a name for himself in his home state. I think the Mullins Maniacs will love him. Yeah, I agree. He's a perfect fit for UMass. I think UMass comes along and it's a perfect fit for him as well. You know, he gets to come home. I think him being comfortable is something maybe we didn't see a whole lot of at Louisville. Granted, I do think that would come with time, but I think him being back home, back in Massachusetts, he's set to have a big season this year. And that moves us to another guy who I think is bound for potentially an all A10 type of season. Um, and that brings me to TJ Weeks. TJ Weeks is probably my favorite player on this UMass team. Obviously, kind of a legend here. Um, his dad was on the 96 team that goes to the Final Four. Weeks is now, he's a redshirt sophomore, or a redshirt junior, excuse me, but this is now his fourth year at UMass. This is somebody who is, I think, set to have a really big year. He's really comfortable here. We saw him, I think, get healthy at the end of last season. He's been pretty banged up in the years that he's been at UMass. Um, obviously, he has the injury his freshman year. Um, it puts him out. He doesn't play in like 20 games that year. This is somebody who shoots the three ball incredibly well um, at an elite level. He is a very, very underrated rebounder as well. It's something that I think we saw him do really well at the end of last year when, you know, UMass really struggled to grab rebounds. Um, you know, they didn't really have that inside presence, which is something we've talked about. And we stepped into that hole. And I think the best part of his game is his defense. He's elite. He's an elite defender, and he can guard so many of the good wings that you're going to see in the A-10 this year. You know, he can guard basically two to one to four, two to four. Um, and that's something that is really important for this Frank Martin team. He preaches defense, physicality. TJ Weeks is going to thrive, I think, in this kind of, you know, really physical, defensive-minded first team, but also in an offense where he's going to get to shoot the ball a ton. He's going to thrive in this offense. It's built for him. Um, and I think having a point guard like Noah Fernandes and Rasul Diggins, that's really going to help him as well. They're going to be able to get him the ball in good positions. He's going to be able to knock down big shots. I'm psyched, as you can tell, about TJ Weeks' season this year, everything he has to offer. You know, he did have one 30-point game last year. I wouldn't be shocked if you see more of those this upcoming season. So what do you guys think of Weeks? What are you expecting out of him this year? Man, I am so happy that you you mentioned him like that because I am in the same boat. I'm a huge believer in TJ Weeks. Uh, my buddy said the Collegian had to bear a lot of TJ Weeks, pro TJ Weeks discourse last year. Uh, he was a, I think, I really think he was the glue guy for last year's team. He's incredibly versatile. He can do everything. He can. He's an underrated scorer, off the ball especially. That's why I think he's also going to thrive so much in this new team. He doesn't need the ball to succeed. Um, we all know he can shoot, but he's also much better driving than people realize. I think he's very athletic. He's one of the few people who were able to um, have athletic dunks in the team last year. He can finish with both either hand. And like you said, he can guard at least one through five. And I also think he's capable of um, – giving undersized centers a hard time. Uh, he's the best shooter in the team and one of the best in the country when he's in a rhythm, as proven by his short short freshman year when he was 15th in the country in shooting percentage uh, before getting hurt. I mean, like you said, his athletic hustle plays all over. 
pretty much every game. Maybe he can improve his passing a little bit, but that's not what he's uh, asked to do. He's also very vocal about unselfishness. So if he needs to do, I know he's capable of it. He's a key returner. Key returner, excuse me. And my prediction is a sixth man role slash uh, split starting minutes. But I think I think he's a huge contributor to this team. I'm glad you said six man. I think he is the perfect choice for a six man type role. He can play as a starter. Don't get me wrong. His talent, he is the talent to play a starter. But I just think of him coming off the bench. First of all, you have the shooting. You have the ability to kind of take those shots. He can be the guy on the second unit because he'll probably share shots with Fernandes. He's going to give it to Levesque a little bit down low. In that second unit, that's him. He can play. And I miss the days of the classic six man, you know, the microwave coming off the bench. He can do that, and he can add so much more to this UMass team. He can still play a lot of minutes. Just have him come off the bench when you need that spark, when you need that guy to hit a couple shots, get a quick six, eight points. I think TJ Weeks is that guy. Yeah, he could totally hit a bunch of those threes off the bench. You saw him the other night at um, the Mullen Center, the three-point contest. He won that. Uh, he just looked great. Solid shooter, solid defender. He'll definitely get more opportunities this year to be on the court, and I think he'll even be better than last year. I'm glad we're all we're all big on TJ Weeks. That makes me happy. Um, TJ Weeks fan club. Exactly, right here. You know, look no further than the, the WMUA basketball show. But that brings us to another guy, another guy who definitely likes to shoot the three ball a lot. That would be DeAndre Dominguez, another returner for this Minutemen team. Going into his junior year, DeAndre Dominguez is extremely interesting to me. He's 6'9", 200 pounds. You won't see him on the block at all, probably. Um, he likes to to play in that kind of mid post range um, and beyond the arc. He took a bunch of threes last year and, you know, I, I didn't hate it. There were moments where Dominguez, you know, if he's on, he's on, he's a very, very capable shooter. I do think he struggled with his confidence at points last year. It felt like at the beginning of the year, he played a lot of minutes. Um, it felt like McCall was pretty high on him. And when you have a guy that's six, nine, that can stroke it from deep, you're going to be high on him. He struggled in the middle of last year and towards the end of last year, I thought maybe he picked it up a little bit, but DeAndre Dominguez is somebody who will play, I think, a decent amount for this Minutemen team. He'll probably be coming off the bench for UMass this year, but he offers a lot, I think, for this UMass team. He allows them. I think he's going to, you're mostly going to see him in probably small ball sets as like, you know, the four, the five in those sets, but with him spacing the floor really nicely, um, he can play beyond the arc. And that's, I think, what they're looking for him for this year. I think Martin would like to get him involved more down low. I think they want to help him with his post game, but I just think he's more comfortable right now in that mid-range behind the three-point arc. So excited to see what we get out of DeAndre Dominguez. Also, for anybody that's seen him last year compared to this year, this dude has put on a ton of muscle. He looks much stronger than he looked last year, and that's a credit to the Frank Martin offseason training Martin has preached the weight room to all these guys. And a lot of them that are returning look significantly bigger, look like they put on a lot of muscle. DeAndre Dominguez is definitely one of them. And he just is such a, you know, he's 6'9", but only 200 pounds, has that kind of wiry frame anyways. Um, seeing him put on muscle, I was really kind of impressed um, with the weight he had put on this offseason. But 
What are you guys excited for out of Dominguez this year? What do you expect out of him um, in this minimum rotation? I expect about the same thing that we've been seeing so far with a little, a little bit of a maybe low block presence or high block presence uh, sprinkled on top of it. But he's your ultimate stretch four. You know, you know what you're getting. He feeds off the crowd, I think, a lot. So if they can get a good, good crowd at Mullins, I think that'll be good for him. Um, streaky three point shooter. I mean, when he gets going, hard to stop because you can't really contest his shot. It's so tall. Um, quick release. A little bit of a, an unorthodox form, if you say. But uh, watching lefties shoot is always interesting. I think I think he's he's gonna be a good spark too off the bench for this UMass team. Yeah, Dominguez is another one of those type of microwave the ball. Him putting on muscle is huge because now he can play a little bit inside and outside, something that really wasn't there that much last season. He was kind of stuck playing that outside role. And I think it helps in the fact that a lot of the bigs on this team aren't really the best of shooters outside. They're more kind of classic big men. So that he has to advantage. He can come in if you just need points. If you're down by 10, you need a quick couple threes. He's someone who's going to get in get those reps and kind of hopefully provide that spark that the Minutemen need on offense. Definitely. And, you know, he's a junior this year. He can certainly improve his game. Um, he's got the experience. I, I think he could totally break out this year. If not, get a little bit better, get some more minutes. 11 games is freshman year, 22 games is sophomore year. He can totally reach 30 games this year. I think He'll be a good guy on the bench for Frank Martin. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of Frank Martin, that brings us to, you know, this kind of senior grad transfer um, type of class. And let's start with Frank Martin's kid, Brandon Martin. Um, Brandon is coming from the University of South Carolina, where he played for his dad last year. And it's really interesting. I feel like you see some of these guys that, you know, their dads are college basketball coaches and they end up playing for their father. You know, the one that sticks out for me is Brad Calipari playing for John Calipari um, at Kentucky. And Brad Calipari had no business being on the court with guys, you know, that he played with uh, at Kentucky. Brandon Martin is not that. Brandon Martin is very capable in his own right. And I think if he wasn't capable of playing at South Carolina or playing at UMass, I don't think Frank Martin would have taken him. But he is. Um, he played a decent amount. I was actually surprised at how many games he appeared in last year for the Gamecocks. Played in 31 games last year. Averaged two and a half points, two and a half boards. Um, nothing special, but, you know, 6'5", kind of undersized. He's going to play that three role mostly for you. Two, three. He'll be a wing for this Minutemen team. I think he plays a decent amount this year for UMass. I think we see probably him expand his game a little bit. Um, then... From what we saw at South Carolina, you know, obviously against some really good SEC opponents last year, but he was at South Carolina Upstate before he was at the University of South Carolina. And when he was at Upstate, the dude was kind of a double-double machine. You know, we grabbed 10 boards, 10 points, one of those guys, which is really interesting because he's only 6'5". But I think this is somebody who offers a unique athleticism to this UMass team. And if anything, he offers a whole lot of leadership knowing that he has to set the example being, you know, coach Martin's kid. I think this is somebody that people look up to on the team because he knows what he's going to get out of his dad. He knows what to expect out of coach Martin. And I think 
he will play, but I think he offers more in that leadership type role, you know, to kind of branch the, the gap between Coach Martin and the players, um, which I think is valuable for this UMass team. So what do you guys think of Brandon Martin? How much do you think he plays this year? Um, and what do you think of his game? I think people will be surprised with how much he ends up playing. Uh, you will, you hit on pretty much all of my points, I think. Uh, I mean, the coach's son, I think he helps everyone navigate the new coach. I think his leadership and experience are going to be very valuable. Uh, he is a little bit short for a big man and perhaps too bulky for a winger. Um, so you got to know how. I don't know where he fits in exactly and within a starting five, maybe a little bit of a positionless basketball approach is better for him, but he's very strong. He's very strong. So I do think in the rebound uh, department, uh, defense is going to be probably a guarantee for him if he's anything like his dad. Um, so, yeah, I do think he, he plays a little more than people expect and his, his presence is probably going to be pretty important for the team as, as everyone tries to navigate a new uh, totally new regime regime yeah i see him as kind of that swiss army knife type of player he kind of reminds me of grant williams like that you know like too too small to play that big but then he's too big to play the wing position so you're kind of in like that no man's land but he can play a bunch of different positions but i think what sean you said leadership off the court is going to be really huge for this team a lot of new players coming together chemistry is going to be a big i mean i don't know if it's gonna be an issue but i mean you want to build it up you want to get a good chemistry going so i think having a guy like that who's been who's been around who's been with frank martin for a while i mean obviously it's a kid but you see that and it's going to help off the court and then if nothing else it brings depth to both the wing and the big position you know he he's he logged uh solid minutes last year under his father 12 minutes per game almost that's not to be taken lightly. I, I think he could really develop nicely at UMass here, maybe even become a bigger piece for this offense. Who knows? Yeah, I, I agree. I'm excited to see what Brandon Martin has to offer for this UMass team. Another guy I'm really excited to see what they have to offer to this team is Isaac Kant. Isaac Kant comes from LIU uh, with Derek Kellogg. So, you know, obviously Derek Kellogg returning to the Minutemen, as an assistant coach underneath Frank Martin, he brings in one of his guys here. Um, and Kant is a guy who scored 12 points a game and seven and a half rebounds in the NEC last year for LIU. Scored, you know, 54% of the time. That was his field goal percentage last year. He was at Hofstra before that, who when he was at Hofstra, he basically grabbed a double-double in every single game he played in. This is a guy who started 30 games of college basketball last year. Played a lot at Hofstra as well. He is somebody that I, I expect to start, I think, game one, just because he's got the experience. He's somebody, big, physical body. He's 6'7", 259. I expect him to play the four in the five spot this year, even though he may be a little undersized to play that five spot. But he's physical, back to the basket big. He's going to grab a ton of rebounds a game. He's going to play physical defense. This is somebody I think that Frank Martin and this coaching staff will be really glad they have on this team. Somebody that, you know, knows the grind of the season. I think for these younger guys, it's it's tough when you're playing, you know, day in, day out. It's a long season for these guys. Obviously, they start in November. They're not going to end, hopefully, till the middle of March. That's a really long season. This is somebody who knows that grind is going to be really good for this UMass team just because of the physicality, the rebounding, the defense. He brings it all for this UMass team. 
Obviously, this is last year of eligibility. I think he leaves it all on the court this year for UMass. Um, but I'm really excited to see him this year. I think he offers a lot for this UMass team. And maybe not the you know sexiest name, sexiest transfer they bring in, but somebody that will, without a doubt, be very, very important to this Minutemen makeup. So what do you guys think of him? Um, you know, obviously there's, you know, a lot of other guys, a lot of other transfers. What do you think his role is in this team this year? I agree that he's a solid, uh, really solid contributor. I don't know that I agree that he starts. Uh, obviously that's at this point is just a speculation, but uh, I do think he contributes right away. He's like you said, extremely experienced. He had two really good seasons, really good seasons at Hofstra. He made the second team all CAA. Um, like I said, double double machine. He started his career at Georgia, so we also know he has the the pedigree of of going to the the big state state school. You know, uh, another experience experienced big man. Show decent vert in Mullins Madness, dunking all over the place. Uh, I didn't see. Obviously, haven't watched much much of him. Haven't seen much footage, but apparently has good awareness in the low post. Finds himself in good positions consistently. Uh, so I think he's going to end up being a solid rotational piece, and. Uh, He's going to end up putting up numbers because of it. He fits the Frank Frank Martin mold. I'd say perfectly almost. He's, he's, he's in, he fits the description. So uh, I also wanted to confirm or at least find out at some point what, how do you pronounce his last name? Uh, I know you said Kant. I, I believe it was – I thought it was Conte. So I went with Kant. Yeah. I could be off on that one. Do you guys think it's Conte? I just... – I went, I went with Conte for mine, but right, I also, we're going with Conte I also don't, I, I also don't know. All right, we'll switch it up for Conte. <laughs> but you got it, I mean, Yeah. So when I, when I look at him, I see a no, I see one of those blue collar, no stats, all-stars guy who does the little things, you know, box out, sets screens, rebounds, does all those things that not a lot of players really take, want to do. He takes pride in it. He loves it. I don't think he's going to be that kind of 12 and seven and a half that he was last season. I just think that there's going to be players in the rotation, I believe ahead of him, but I think he's going to come off the bench. He's going to be that spark, high motor, high energy player that just will make a lot of good plays. He is going to be a fan favorite really fast just because of the effort, what he does, what he brings to the table. I mean, I think the cage is going to love him so far this season. Couldn't be more correct, Kyle. I mean, this is a big physical guy almost 260 on the scale shot nearly 54% from the field last year. That's a solid, solid number. I think he could really be great for this Minutemen team coming off the bench. I think he'll be good. Yeah. Excited to see him in action in the Mullen center this year, but now maybe, you know, the biggest transfer for sure, physically that UMass got, um, would be Wilden Slovak. Wilden Slovak is the transfer from South Carolina, 6'10, 255. I expect him to be the starting center for this team throughout the year. He played a lot at South Carolina. This guy has a lot of experience playing college basketball at this point. Um, and somebody last year who had a really good year at South Carolina. Obviously, you know, it's a power five school, but anytime you can score, you know, six and a half points per game grab five boards, and when your field goal percentage is right around 60%, he shot 59.2% from the field last year. Obviously, he's going to take a lot more shots than he shot last year, but if that field goal percentage stays anywhere near that mark, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with in the A-10. He's from Brockton. This is a guy that is local. He is blue-collar in you know every sense of the word. 
He's going to be awesome for this UMass team this year. He's somebody that last year at South Carolina, it was a lot of back to the basket, um, low post, physical presence, and he's still going to be that for UMass. But Martin, when he talked about him, said he expected him to shoot a lot of threes this year too, which I think becomes interesting. If you have a five, I mean, a stretch five, that's a really interesting mold for sure. Um, So I think this is somebody that is going to be integral to this UMass season. His performance will dictate, again, how far this team goes and what kind of team they are. How fast he's able to figure everything out is, I think, will be the learning curve for everybody else. Obviously, he played for Coach Martin um, the last few years. He's familiar with Frank Martin. I think that plays to his benefit. Um, Obviously, he's the only guy that's played multiple years under Frank Martin at this point, which is, I think, telling. I think Martin will trust him. I think he'll play big minutes. I mean, this is a guy who's going to play 30-plus minutes a game, I think or right around 30. So Wilton Slavak does it all. Like I just kind of mentioned, what are you guys excited to see out of Levesque this year? Um, and what do you think his ceiling is? I think it's very, very high. I think he's going to be the, the, if not one of the main pieces, I think he might be the main piece for the Minutemen in multiple games this season. I think he's an improved version of Michael Stedman, who they had last year. Stedman was... Uh, very productive at times. He had twenty point games. I think I think Levesque is is a better version of that. I think he checks all of the boxes. He's a complete center for me. I mean, he's big, strong, athletic. He's much more mobile than I thought he was too, which uh, is going to come in really handy. He's developed somewhat of a shot, like you said. They, I mean, they put him in the dunk contest, or sorry, in the three point contest at, at Mullins Madness. Um, I think he's going to he's he's going to be stellar in pick and roll and lobs situations. Uh, likely the starter. I mean, there's not much more you can say about that. The guy started 27 games in the SEC last year, 78 games in, played in total. Um, and yeah, he's got he's got the direct pathway too. Like you said, uh, only guy who played multiple years under Frank Martin. And he's a senior. He's got the seniority. He's got the the experience. The, he's got the skills. He's got the physical ability. I think he's I think he's going to be huge for them. For me, I think Levesque can be an All A10 player. I mean, that's what his ceiling is. He can be that good when you look at his game. I like the fact that he's shooting threes. I if I'm I'm not someone who want to see him go five, six threes a game, you know, just take enough so where the defense can respect it. So you never know on a pick and roll. He can go with a pop in the fade for a mid-range, maybe a three-point shot. But him and Fernandes on the pick and roll is going to be exciting basketball to watch. And on the offensive side, let's talk about the defensive side. He brings this interior presence that we have not seen at UMass since Trey Mitchell. All respect to Michael Stedman, but he can play inside. He can block shots, contest shots. He can get out to the lane. His closeouts are pretty good considering his size. So he is going to be an impact defender. He's going to be great on offense and I think this team if he plays up to his standard this is one of the better teams in the A10 for sure I think it's one of the better teams in the A10 anyway but he plays up to his game this is an upper echelon of those teams certainly well that could definitely take us to an A10 championship if not more I mean this guy great numbers all around 60% from the field I mean He'll definitely get more chances to shoot the ball, obviously, this year under Frank Martin. But he is certainly a guy to look forward to, and I think the fans will love him here in his home state. In his home state, that is. Yeah, he becomes really important too. I think when you start looking at the other bigs that he's going to have to play against in the A10, 
This is a guy that's going to match up with Deron Holmes, who's the best player in this conference. He's a guy that's going to have to match up with Josso Duro, who's another guy who's an all preseason A-10 pick. This is a huge piece for this UMass team. He's very, very important. And I think when you start to you know, go through the matchups with other teams in the A-10, he matches up with those bigs just as well as anybody. And that's going to be so, so important for this UMass team in the future. Kyle, you said it, but he has an all A-10, I think, type of ceiling. So hopefully we get to see that this year. Very excited to watch him. But, you know, the hometown kid, the guy everybody knows, the star of this basketball team, our final guy on this roster, number 11, Noah Fernandes, 5'11", 180, guard, out of Matapoisa. I mean... You know, everybody who's listening to this podcast probably knows what I'm going to say about Noah Fernandes. He can score. He's a lights-out shooter. He became a very, very good passer last year, which is something that I think is still overlooked in his game. And at the end of last season, he was the best player on the floor, I think, in the A-10 tournament. You know, it didn't matter who they were playing. They obviously picked up the win against George Washington in the first round. He was the best player on the floor during that game. And then when they played Dayton who has Deron Holmes and Malachi Smith and guys like that. He was the best player on the floor in that game as well. He had 26 points in that game. He's out of this world. And he's, I think going to be make obviously preseason all a 10 type of player. He's going to finish the season. I think gunning for that top pre that top uh, first team, all a 10 award. He's a special, special type of player that you only get to see so many of in the a 10. And I'm really excited to see what Noah Fernandes can do again this year. He's he's the best player on this team, and he's a leader of this team. And he certainly acts like it. Obviously, his presence, the way he talks, it's really important. Just the way he carries himself. He's a leader on this team, and he's going to need to be one for this season. A lot of transfers, a lot of freshmen. He's got to be that calming presence on the court. And as a point guard as well, it's something you just have to do. So, Really excited to see what Noah Fernandes can do this year, just on his scoring alone, but also that passing. I think when you surround him with guys, you know, like a TJ Weeks, like a Wilden Slavek, like a Matt Cross, he's going to rack up assists this year too, which I think will shock some people. But he was doing it last year too. The guy can dish the ball. He's going to drop dimes all over the floor. Excited for Noah Fernandes. What do you guys think of Noah this year? What are you expecting out of him? And how good, you know, do you think he can be this year? I don't know if I can do justice to how well I think he, he might play this year because I really think this offense and this team in general is almost tailor-made for uh, for how much he can contrib- contribute because he's going to have so many more screens. He's going to have uh, pick-and-roll opportunities that he's going to take advantage of. Like you said, that's where the passing comes in. He might have less space to operate because he might not. he's not going to have as many shooters around him, but I think he's going to dissect defense with Levesque and uh, kicking out to Weeks or Matt Cross or whoever is cutting down and uh, cutting inside the paint. But I think I think Fernandez is, is going to be so good. He might have, like I said, less space to operate, but he doesn't. He creates space better than any other player that I have ever seen in person. I think other than NBA players, he would uh, side steps, uh, step backs, and anywhere on the court. Um, unorthodox moves, pivoting. He He's going to find space regardless. Uh, last three games of the season, like you said, totally unstoppable. 28 points against George Mason and then 29 against George Washington and 26 against Dayton. Closed out the season in a way that I haven't really seen 
we all know what he can do. He's a senior. He has his spot guaranteed. He might be playing with a chip on his shoulder. Who knows? No conference teams, no all-conference teams last year after scoring in double figures for 22 games. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was absolutely ridiculous for himself. for him to not yeah, make him. an all-A-10 team last year. Absolutely ridiculous, but yeah. I'll, I'll rest my case. We can get into that later. <laughs> him not making it was wild when you look at it. 11th in the conference in points with about 15, 7th in assist, 4th in, fourth in the conference with his assist-to-turnover ratio. He is the best shot creator in on this team, one of the best in this one of the best in the conference. His game reminds me of Trey Young so much, what he's able to do, his ability to kind of just sift through lanes, find that open shot, quick release. And this team goes as far as Noah Fernandes takes him. I mean, there's nothing, there's no other way to say it. With these all, with all these new players, he's still going to be the guy. I think his scoring is going to go up because he's going to have so much more opportunities. I talked about Diggins earlier because I think that is going to create so many more opportunities for him, kind of running off these off-ball screens. Because a lot of you saw last year was just him trying to make something out of nothing because there wasn't really a play set in this offense. Him with more motion, with more screens, it's just going to help him out so much. He's the guy you want on this team with the ball at the end of the game. You need a three to go in. He's your guy. So that is what I'm excited to see. Him not making a all-conference team, he has that chip on his shoulder. You could tell going into it, he wants to be one of the best players in this league, and he is talent-wise. So it's going to be a matter of if he can be able to take that next step and get on one of those teams because he can, and he probably will. Ranks 20th nationally in assists is certainly first all-team in the conference worthy, I think. I mean, the sky's the limit for Fernandes here. We will go as far as he takes us, as you said, Kyle. Um, I, I think he'll do even better than last year. Might have a chip on his shoulder, as you said. And this could be just a, a really great year for Fernandes with better pieces around him. Yeah, I mean, I think we hit the nail on the head with Fernandes. He does everything. He's the catalyst of this offense and the captain of this team. So excited, really, really excited for Noah Fernandes this year. Um, there's not much else to say about him. So when you guys look at this roster, kind of wrapping things up now, but when you look at this roster, how does it compare to the other teams, the A-10? Do you think that this roster is as talented as, you know, some of those top teams? Are they as talented as a Dayton, a VCU? Um, in St. Louis, are they in that level below with like, you know, a Loyola? Where do you see this team kind of falling talent wise, just on talent alone? I think um, looking at this roster, before we did this preview, I, I was not, I don't know how I was going to feel about it. But then after we've done it, I do think they have more talented than, than I than I expected. We dug into it a little bit more and I was like, oh, they do have a little a little bit more than I thought they did. Uh, I think they match up well. They're gonna be a they're gonna be troublesome to any team, but I do think they slot in right under the Loyola level. Talent wise, they're there. Pedigree wise, they're definitely there in terms of recruiting and everything like that. I think the biggest thing is we'll probably talk about it later on in tip off week is just how are all these new players going to mesh together? How is their chemistry going to be? And it's going to take a little bit. I mean, that doesn't happen in a day, so that's where it's going to be kind of the X factor for it. How quick can they all kind of get it together? But talent wise, I put them with VCU. I put them with maybe not Dayton. Dayton's really good, but I mean, I put them with St. Louis too. They're up there. They're in the top. They're in the upper echelon. Yeah. The, 
the preseason poll puts UMass at eighth, but I don't think that's doing them much justice. I mean, I, I totally see them in at least third. I mean, this, the, the sky is the limit for this team under Frank Martin. Anything is possible. All right, so last question here, and we'll do this kind of together. If you guys had to walk through the starting five right now, your point guard is obviously Noah Fernandes. Your center, I think, is obviously Wilden Slavek. Who do you think is filling two, three, four? Um, we can start with the shooting guard there. You know, obviously UMass is a bunch of talented guards. Do we think Rasul Diggins is going to be that guy that steps into that starting role? I think not necessarily right away. Um, I think it's going to be a battle for that position between him and TJ Weeks. They offer different things to the team. Uh, might be a little more matchup dependent. Uh, you never know. But I think eventually it probably will be Diggins. Yeah, I agree. Diggins too. Matchup dependent. I think Weeks is going to start for a little bit just because he's the more proven commodity out of the two. But like I said before, I really like Weeks coming off the bench. So with that, I see kind of Weeks getting the start. If we're talking game one, I think Weeks is the starting too. Gotcha. So then where does that place you on that three spot? Who do you like there playing the wing? I think I've got Matt Cross. Um, I don't know if you guys disagree. Who else do you have up there? Do you think that's a competition or do you think that's Cross's spot? For me, that's cross the spot. Um, for me, I think it's – I'm not in practice every day. I'm not the one making the decisions, but I think if I had to choose, it would be fairly clear. Uh, cross is a, a profile that is not necessarily repeated in, in any other uh, player that this team has. I think is is more unique than anyone else, and uh, he, fits, he fits the profile of what they need. He does everything, so I do think he would be the one. Yeah, I think it's I think it's Cross's position to lose just for the sake of argument. Maybe you put in Gapari if he shows off. I know he plays mostly four, but if you want a really big lineup that kind of just has a lot of size, I mean Gapari is not the worst option. He's he's definitely athletic enough to play at the three position. I'm not sure if he has kind of the outside touch to play that position, but I agree with I agree with Pedro. It's his to lose, Matt Cross. Definitely. Uh he'll start there. It's his to lose. Um they got the freshman to take his place if he loses that spot. All right, so that brings you to the four spot. This is where I think this is probably the most debatable spot on who you're going to have start here. I think I've got Isaac Conti in this spot right now. I think just based off experience, I think I'd put him there. I also think he's kind of – he's going to be physical in the paint, which I think could allow somebody like Levesque to maybe you know travel out a little bit further. Um, stretch the four a little bit, but do you guys have, I don't know if I have him in there for the whole season though. I think if Capare ends up being a stud, which I think we're all kind of hoping and expecting that he is, he ends up taking that spot. But early in the year, I'm going to go with the guy with all that experience in Isaac Conte. I couldn't agree more. I think it's going to be Conte. I think uh, at least for the start of the year, like you said, it's going to be him. Uh, he's got maybe a little bit more of a, a, an undersized center profile but I do think it's going to be Conte. And then if and when uh, Gapari, or, uh, Gapari gets going, I think I think that'll be his position to take. I think he has everything that he could need to be able to do that. And I also think uh, potentially early in the year, we might see some take on Woodley just because of the, the connection with Frank a little bit too. 
Yeah, I I mean, Kapari's weighing in the wings. He will be it by the end of the season. That's something that you really want to hope for. That's just really good progress to see. But I'm going to go different. I say to Quan Woodley. I think coming from South Carolina, he's somebody that Martin has that trust in. He's seen him play. And I think that really that defensive kind of switchability, him and Levesque on the blocks are going to be a problem just for any defender. Any shot that's going into the paint is going to get contested. It's going to get altered. And I think that it also he's it allows Levesque to kind of play a little bit more in that mid-range game because Woodley, he has a little bit of a mid-range touch, doesn't really have a three ball. But I think I got to go with Woodley and just create that defensive miss, these defensive nightmare for opposing offenses. I, I got to disagree, Kyle. I, I got I to go with Conte. I mean, he's got the experience. He's got the size. I think uh, Martin will go with him at least to start. If Woodley impresses or even Gafari, um, I think it'll certainly be a spot that is constantly rotating. Yeah, a lot of tough decisions to make. That's a good problem to have for this Minutemen team, though. That roster is talented. You know, it when you've got tough decisions to make, it's a good thing as a coach. It means that you're deep. They've got some depth. I think this team is one of the deeper teams in the A-10. I think you could see them go, you know, 9, 10 deep even. Obviously, I don't think that type of rotation is sustainable over the course of a year. But, you know, I think early on, you're going to see a lot of these guys. Um, you're going to see a rotation of a bunch of them. Everybody's going to get on the floor early. But that about wraps up this episode. You guys got any final thoughts? We good here? Um, anything else? Yeah, uh, I do have one just general final thought about this roster. And I, I think it's actually a little bit funny in a way. It's almost like an anti, an anti Matt McCall roster from last year. I agree. Totally. I think it's, it's uh, almost a mirror opposite of what they had and what they want to do. I mean, Frank has talked about it extensively so far. It's, they're going to be a rough team to play against. They're going to be tough. They're going to play physical. They're going to be a defensive team. That's going to be incredibly hard to score against. They're going to move a lot, set so many screens on offense. Uh, you know, it's almost – it's opposite both in defense, where last year was a huge problem, to say the least, and on offense, where it, they got almost a little bit stagnant and depended on the three ball all season long. So I think it's a mirror mirror uh, opposite image of the team from last year, and I think that's why – that's one of the reasons you guys it, get, it has me so excited for this season. Yeah, couldn't agree more, Pedro. That's a great, great point. Um, and this is why this team's going to be tough. They're going to be a miserable team to play in the dog days of this season. When you get into, you know, the middle of February, late February, when, you know, things are starting to wind down, the A-10 play can take a toll on everybody. This team is going to continue to be physical and play good defense. Just one of those teams you're not going to want to see at the end of the year. Um, and they're going to be a really tough out, I think, in Brooklyn. So. Kyle, you got anything else? Yeah, my one thing is team comparison to compare this UMass team is the great and grind Grizzlies. That is just my thought. I think they're going to be that team where it's going to be a Tuesday and you're going into the Mullen Center and you're like, we're really going to have to play these guys because you know they're going to play hard for 40 minutes. It's going to be annoying to play against. And that's the team you want. You want a team full of pests. You want that team where, hey, I don't want to play these guys for 40 straight minutes. And I think I can't wait to see it all season. Well, that about wraps it up for us at the UMass Basketball Show on WMUA. This has been tip-off. This is the first episode of tip-off week. We have four more episodes coming. This is episode number one. 
So we've got four more coming. We've got a schedule breakdown. We've got preseason predictions. We've got an A-10 preview. We've got the coaching staff breakdown and week one preview. A lot of stuff coming up. A lot of content from WMUA. Keep it locked in for all your UMass basketball needs on 91.1. As always, take it easy.